Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Off the Road Podcast, and we got a special, another special episode tonight. And uh, with no further ado, we're going to get right into it. Clint, who we got today? You know what? We've got one of my favorite athletes of all time in the house right now. Um, I met this man when I was 10 years old. I was his ball boy. Um, and shortly thereafter, he went on to break every Baylor and Big 12 record, or not Big 12 at the time, I guess Southwest Conference, uh, for three-pointers. Uh, the man then turned into not only an incredibly successful, where he was one of the most famous globetrotters to ever walk the earth, became an amazing humanitarian. If you Google Andre Branch, you won't run out of great charity and great work this man has done. Um, has always been a blessing in my life, a really good friend to my parents as well as myself. Uh, Andre, just absolutely honored to have you on, man. Man, appreciate y'all having me on. And, you know, it's always pride and joy to reach out to, to friends, man. I, I, I was looking at some Baylor tapes the other day and <laughs> ran across a couple of film of you chasing the ball. I say, man, look at Clint. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I've got to share, now Andre, you've heard this story a hundred times, but it's my dad's favorite basketball story. He tells this to anyone who will listen. So there's this one night that Andre came out and every time my dad tells the story, there are more threes made in a row. So I have no idea how many actually was at this point. The last time I heard him tell the story, it was 14, which I know can't be true. But evidently, according to dad, Andre was 14 for 14 from the floor, wasn't even looking at the basket and shots were going in. And uh, Coach Johnson pulls him off to give him a breather. And Andre goes back out. And according to my dad, he went 0 for 270 the rest of the game. Now, I know that's exaggerated because it's an ace talent story. But, Andre, I'm sure you remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, my junior year. We was playing Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Dr. Pepper Turner used to be a prime tournament uh, in Waco every year. And... Man, it was just one of them games. Went for I, I didn't miss a shot, and it really got to the point where I was shooting the ball, and I would turn around and look at the bench, at the the opposing team's bench, and just asking what happened. I just hear the crowd going crazy. It was just, it was one of them games, man. It was just you know you have those type of moments, and uh, yeah, Coach Johnson pulled me out, and I never forget our conversations. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm pulling out. You tired? I said, No, no, I'm not tired at all. And I went back out, and I think I probably scored three points the rest of the game. I had 26 at the half. <laughs> um, 
I was talking to Terry Black earlier. He's I'm sure he's about to pop on any second. Have he has he come up yet, Justin? He hasn't, um, no sir. But I was telling Terry that um I actually owe Andre probably about eighty percent of my love for basketball. Um now I liked it, but um Andre was just really cool. Like you could tell he was headed for great things because you know, this punk little kid with a sweatshirt 14 sizes too big and like Jordan's a barely on his feet, stumbling around the court. And um, Andre would take the time to sit out and, you know, point out to me offenses and defenses, stuff I had no idea at the time, but I can't say enough good things about this man. And um, I, for everybody listening, I reached out to him within seconds. He's like, I'm on. So. All right. I think we're good. I think we got. All right. Hey. Is everyone up? Terry. Yes, sir. How's it going? Everybody Terry Black. Hear? Can y'all hear me? Sweet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Every yes. All right, guys, I want to start this up. I know Andre didn't have much time. I'll do an introduction for Terry after Andre bounces. My biggest question to y'all, since both of y'all have played the game more than anybody else listening to this show right now, what is the difference going to be playing in those no crowd, like summer league gyms in the playoffs versus going out and playing, you know, like in a regular arena? And I can I can say real quick, it it's going to be different. It's a game changer, man. A lot of time that crowd is that they always call that the six man. Mm -hmm. And you when you plan in that type of atmosphere, uh, when you walk through that tunnel and you see those thousands and thousands of people screaming and hollering, whether you're the opposing team or home team, it just adds another flame to your game, another concentration, another focus. And a lot of times, you know, it's a, uh, a, 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 a mood swing in the game, too. You can be having a bad game and, you know, the crowd gets into it and that adrenaline starts to flow. And without that extra boost, it, it's going to be different for guys for one, you don't have that motivation. I mean, you're going to have the motivation, you just don't have that crowd pleasing and, you know, the noise that you're used to, different atmosphere, the smell of the popcorn, and all those things you're used to. But at the same time, it's just they, they've had a layoff since December. And that yeah. it, it's going to be raggedy these first couple of weeks. What's well, the only reason? The only person who's used to this is Kawhi because of how much he sits out during the regular season, right? Uh, yeah, Kawhi sits out, but like he's a he's definitely a game changer. He can step back in and and kind of fill in and get done what he needs to get done. Um, I think for me, like the the biggest thing looking at this whole situation is like like he said, um, just coming out and feeding off the emotion of the crowd and just like you look around. So those are the things you get hyped for you know, coming out. So I think the, the no crowd thing will, it'll, it'll, it'll take a minute to get used to when, when this thing ramps back up. But I mean, at the end of the day, like competitive spirits are going to take over and this is mano y mano. So, you know, guys out there going to have to man up and, you know, kind of figure it out. Um, Can we get a, I was going to uh, ask both of y'all this. Go ahead. No, I just want to um, hear. Um, before Andre had to go who they are going to take in the, uh, the playoffs. Oh, okay. Andre, you want to start? Who you taking? My, my, my initial pick was the Clippers. 
because the momentum was more on their side. Uh, they were gelling better as the team, whether it's the starting five and the rest, they were all coming together. Paul George was coming back. And now it's like they got a reset. And I always say it was going to be the Lakers and, and, and the Lakers are Clippers coming out of the West. Uh, out of the East, I had Boston or Milwaukee that was going to come out of the East. But now with all this here, it's an even playing field now. I guess for me, like, you know, I'm a I'm a Milwaukee boy, so I'm always going to roll with my Bucks. So, like, yeah, I like them coming out that East. Um, I think, like, I just, you know, after – I guess for me, after watching, like, the, the last dance and, you know, just analyzing, really looking at basketball, I don't think the Lakers can do it. I think they're very talented individually. But, I mean, I just don't – like, I'm not sold on LeBron. Like, he has no go-to move. Like, and I think the Clippers come out of the West. I do. You know, you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you got Beverly. Like, and those guys, I mean, Beverly has nothing to play for. He's not He's not a household name. But those other two guys are household name, but they all play for each other. You know, and I've watched bad basketball over the last, you know, 10 years dealing with a certain individual. But, yeah, he always gets to the playoffs. But what does he do in the playoffs? You know, and he's always there. So that says a lot about his game. But, like, no, I think that the Clippers come out of the West, and I think they deal with Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee wins the NBA Finals. Which ruins my dream of Giannis going to play with Steph Curry. Thank you. (laughs) He very well could, though, because Giannis said that, well, if they win a championship, he won't leave. He won't. He's very committed to Milwaukee. He's very committed to the community. Like, he's vocally said that. He's an advocate for Milwaukee. You know, but oh, you know, sure. the event that they get to the playoffs and they don't do well, then he may be looking to change addresses or zip codes, you know? Um, Before you have to go, Andre, I know you got to run. Um, I was going to ask you if you thought that, for example, I would hate to play James Harden in, like, an open gym type setting. Because him and Russell Westbrook both, actually. Because I think that they are, especially Russell, I mean, he gets so emotionally involved with fans, trying to fight everybody. I feel like if you clear the gym out, him and Harden might actually perform a level above. What do you think about that? But a guy like Westbrook, he feeds off of adversity, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time that boosts his game for somebody to trash talk. Uh, to him or rile him up a little bit. And it, 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 that's what I'm saying as far as a player. Sometimes you need that extra motivation like Mike. Mike, Mike needed – he always had a chip on his shoulder coming to the arena. Oh, I remember you did this. I remember you did that. And that's mm-hmm. all he needed. And Russ is that type of guy too. Harden, Harden is just a ball player, man. He just – he just loves the game. He does what he do. He does it well. I mean, you got to give him credit, man. Putting up 40 points a game in the NBA setting, that's impressive. Uh, people can say what they want. He, he he shoots he shoots a lot, but hey, man, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to put your your team in a position to win, and he doesn't. Hey, says the says the ball shooter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, like Kobe um, say, like Kobe say, I'm either gonna do what we gotta do to stay in the game, or we're gonna be down thirty. No, and, that, and that's all good. Like I think I think James Harden is the probably the best gifted athlete into scoring because he does it off jump shots. Like, it's not – he travels when he shoots, but, like, he's making jump shots. That's impressive to me. 
Carrie, did you like my analogy on him the other day? I did like your analogy. Like, I did. Like, Andre, I, I said that James Harden is the Floyd Mayweather Jr. of basketball. And the fact that he learned not how to, like, go out and, like, swing and fight and knock people out, but all of the rules and became technically proficient at it to where he is the master of his craft because of it. Yeah, you got to take advantage of the rules. I mean, and, and like what Terry said, spinning off of LeBron, I'm not full on deck with him either because a guy that a guy that size, that massive, that quick, that strong, I mean, every adjective you can give him, I say he – remember when Westbrook averaged 30-some points a game, 15 rebounds and, like, 10 assists? Double-double. Those should be LeBron numbers. With those yeah. type of rules, he should just be – Absolutely. He should just be dominating. Nobody should be on his level. And for that, that's why I can't really full, fully give him that whole shebang like he deserves. Now, I'm not I'm not hating on him. Let me take that away. I just know me being a player, be, being in that position, if I know I had to mismatch each and every night, I'm exploited each and every night. It, it, it's plain and simple. You have to. And he's really, really good. Like, I won't ever take that away from him. He's really, really good. But do I think he, do I think he makes the guys around him better? No, absolutely not. Because that's the point I was going to bring up when you play with him. Exactly. You learn how to to dribble the ball over half court and go stand in the corner when you Mm -hmm. play with him. If you play with Golden State and those guys, you learn how to pass and cut. You learn how to think the game like there's a lot of different things that you're learning. But like when you look at LeBron's teams and LeBron's a phenomenal athlete, probably the most physical gifted athlete of our time. But like, what are you what are you learning? You're not. That is such an awesome point that I, like, beat into everybody's head. And I know everybody in this little room right now gets tired of hearing me talk about Steph Curry. But Steph has made Draymond Green and Klay Thompson household names. And I firmly believe that Thompson never gets the confidence to shoot like he does if he's not playing opposite Steph his whole career. And I don't think that Draymond Green is even somebody we mentioned if he's not on Golden State. But I – ask you name me one superstar who has performed better when lebron's on the court i don't think you can find one love was worse wade was worse uh smith was so awesome before he teamed up with lebron jr smith was really really good like team up with lebron he learned how to be a standalone shooter his athleticism got taken away like you know and i say lebron's a great player like i'm not i'm not bashing him for like being a great player but you know, every I for me, I get tired of the basketball conversation when they talk about the goat. LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. Well, there's a guy named Kobe Bryant, rest in so rest in peace. But like LeBron's not even halfway close to what a Kobe Bryant was. You know, so like for me, I get frustrated with the basketball talk where they just skip over Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a hell of a basketball player and a great person. You know, and people like just yeah. They skip over that. And, like, me knowing basketball, me being a part of basketball, yeah, no, that that should never be skipped over, ever. I agree. Andre, you got to pick on that? I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got the fellas on, on the other – I got a Zoom call, but All right. I, I told them I'd give me about five, ten minutes. But just to piggyback what Terry said, um, I, I see those debates. I, I – if someone try to bait me in, I get out of it because the fact that they do take Kobe out of it is like, how do you even even make an attempt to do that? Yeah. Statistically, 
Yeah, LeBron got all the stats you want. I mean, he does. He he earned it. He worked for it. Mm-hmm. But like I I test of what I see and what I do. Man, that that Kobe Green Bryant the Mamba was one hell of a specimen. Like Beats. he brings, put it like this here, and I hate to downplay a guy like that, but I've talked to guys that played against Michael Jordan, played against Kobe, played against LeBron. Michael Jordan come to town, they was two games ahead, like, man, I got to play Mike is coming to town. Like, they was fear of scared of this guy. Kobe was the same thing. I've had guys, we set up and just playing dominoes and, okay, I'm playing LeBron tomorrow. We know he's going to isolate the game, dribble up the floor. Mm-hmm. So he brings no fear to no. nobody. Like, no. and, and for when I see that, I'm like, yeah, your stats are nice, but you you don't scare anyone. And, and, no. and that part of the game is like, Sometimes you want to just go through the screen like, man, you're supposed to just be dunking on everybody and just you, – you bring no fear to no one. And that's why so many guys like, no no, no offense, Pat Beverly and guys like that think that they can be on this level. Nobody never – they thought they was on Mike level, but Mike changed that narrative real quick. Now, Kobe yeah. also. Yeah, Mike went out and proved it. Like, yeah, you, you're nothing to me. Like, Mike told Gary Payton, which that's probably debatable. It's like, yeah. I didn't worry about the glove. Like, you know, it's kind of debatable. Because looking back on their matchups, they had some pretty intense matchups. But, I mean, the thing the thing with LeBron, he has no go-to move. Kim Olajuwon, no. go-to move. Michael Jordan, go-to move. Uh, Kobe Bryant, go-to move. Like, you know, you can go down Man. the list. Shaq, go-to move. It's like, like what's, what's his go-to move? And he doesn't have one. You know? And, I mean, well, I in think- the 2011 2011- – in the 2011 finals, it was going one for seven. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and again, I think he's a great player because I don't I don't know, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know that a player has ever reached the finals every year the way that he has. I don't know that. But Russell. Yeah, it would have had to have been seven pre-80s, uh, maybe early Celtics, but yeah. But, I mean, like, I mean, and just – just being around the NBA talk and knowing some of the people, like, you know, he kind of strong arms organizations, and that's not cool either, you know? So, I mean, I found out on that. Like, you know, I choose to look in different directions, support different things, because, I mean, you know, you're only as good as what your teammates are, you know, and you have to go to war with them. But, like, if they ain't riding for you, then what you got? Got nothing. Do you think that he rubbed off on Kyrie? I think him and Kyrie was both super athletes, and they just couldn't play together. You look at the but Kevin I mean, Garnett, look at Kevin Garnett, and Marbury, both super athletes. They just couldn't play together. You look at Shaq and Kobe; they needed each other, but didn't want to play together. So I think sometimes these athletes they make bad decisions because they want to be the superpower yeah. or the higher being, and like they need each other. Could you have played I, with Andre? Oh yeah, heck yeah. We're, oh. we're told Andre's gonna shoot the ball. I'm gonna dunk the ball. Yeah, we. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. With hands down, we'd have won a lot. There's two that was one thing. That was one thing we was missing. I would say my last year at Baylor, we didn't have that athletic uh, guy. After Willie Sutherland left, mm-hmm. we didn't have that guy anymore. Um, after Jerome Levin left, we didn't have that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. We had an athletic guy that we can go to that can finish. And, like, people didn't know I was athletic. Absolutely. And you throw it up there, and, and 
I, I'm gonna go up there and get a couple of them too. So with, with 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 having Terry, when you when you're a ball player, you see what a guy can do. I know me. I try to use it to my advantage. Okay, I know what he can do. They're gonna have to stop me and him at the same time when I got the ball. And mm-hmm. once I'm able to occupy two guys, I'm winning. Yep, I'm winning like a mug. So you gotta pick your parts. Which one you want? Hands down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, guys, I got a question. Uh, give me a memory of uh, Waco during your time at Baylor. You want a good one or a bad one? I want a good. I want It's hey, it's it's Waco, so it goes hand to hand. I man, I can I can go across the board with good, I love bad, funny, everything like that. I just I say the good thing about Waco is this. It's a small community with with a lot of big hearts. Uh, once you get outside the campus, people really appreciated you. You know, night in, night out. When I go to Walmart, I used to go to HEB, and you know, here I am, eighteen, nineteen year old guy, and you know, people salute me in the mall when they see me and stuff like that. So it was blowing my head, and it, it it made me appreciate what I was doing even more because I was making people happy, and they appreciate what I was doing. You know, because a lot of times you're out there on the playing field, you don't have a clue of what's going on other than what what happens on the floor. But to be out in the public and people still come like my senior year, that's when we got into a lot of trouble. And I know it. Sorry about that, Terry. We passed it down to y'all. Y'all had to get a little bit of whoopings of it, too. But <laughs> we still had five to six thousand people coming to our games, man, during that time. And, and I'm talking about packed. That's some. Packed. That's- that's something that's cool about both of y'all, though, is that both of y'all are big ticket items for Baylor in your respective times. Um, you know, people used to go watch Andre shoot. Um, people used to sit down and watch you go bananas. And one of my best wake up memories comes from the Kansas night where you went ballistic and then everybody lit couches on fire. I think for the, for me, that night, like, that night was probably – one of the highlights of my basketball career because obviously we we on paper we didn't have a chance to beat them but like we found something within us that motivated us to like go out and compete with these guys and you know you you go out and you're playing this game and you know as the game going he's like all right well you know they got probably five or six nba draft picks on our team but little old baylor's competing with them and like we're we're in this thing you know, but I think by halftime, we knew that we can win, you know, so that, that game played out, and that's probably the biggest game, like, that I've ever played there. Um, I think the thing that stands out for me is, like, now 
you know, I fast forward 20 years. Well, I have, I have kids that's athletes. You know, I go down in there, I go down there and like my kids are shown the same respect and like they hear the stories and, you know, I can drop, I can go to the gym and somebody can take my kids. Like I know my kids will eat. I know they'll be taken care of. I don't have to worry about them and I can get my kids five hours later, you know? So for me, that's like the, the biggest thing that stands out for me, you know, is my kids are taken care of down there when we go down there. And, you know, the coaches down there are awesome. Like, coaches, they've been awesome. Been knowing them for years, and whether it's football or basketball. But just, like, for me, having a piece of heart, knowing that if I take my kids down there and, like, wherever they go, they'll always be taken care of. That's good stuff. And I just, what, just what Terry said, you know, that that the, the staff, along with all the supporting cast that make Baylor basketball what it is, is is top notch, and that's the reason why they're able to get the top recruits and things like mm-hmm. that, because of the way they treat you. And it's not a sales pitch. What they tell you they're gonna do, they're gonna do. It's and on top of that, yeah, it's genuine. And life <laughs> after basketball, it, yeah. if, if you don't make it to the next level, they can always pick up the phone and assist you in any kind of way that that needs mm-hmm. to be. And you don't get that in a lot of places you go to. But like like Terry, when they typical... played, I was gonna say when they played Kansas, I saw bits and pieces of it. But I know a couple of guys, and Terry can talk about you know a bunch of guys on his team. But you know, Wendell Greenleaf was a very huh. underrated player. Yeah, very. He he's from my hometown, mm-hmm. and he's a Pat Beverly slash Russell Westbrook slash. Whatever you want, he can bring that in, and and he he takes all challenges. And I got a chance to see that game, and and you know, he he's a game changer. And just yeah. being at the Ferrell Center, Terry can contest this too. I haven't lost many games at the Ferrell Center, to be honest. Oh, I, I haven't. That's that's pretty awesome. I, I took my fair share. I think that Kansas game was one of my biggest, and like like you were saying, like. That game, it wasn't about Terry Black. It was about Baylor Bears. Like, you know, we had Wendell. We had DeMarcus. Like, you know, we had guys that that stepped in. We had Chad Elsie. Like, we had guys that was primed and ready for that moment. You know, the moment presented itself, and, like, we rose to that occasion. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I salute those guys because, you know, I've been been kind of the poster boy for that whole team. But, like, no, it, it wasn't about me. It was about all those other guys. So I respect those guys into the fact that any Hall of Fame that I've ever been put in, it's always been my teammates that helped me get there. It's not about me individually. Like, I'm only one person. Like, but I played with some really, really good guys that helped me get to where I am. And I'm so appreciative of that, you know, that aspect. You know, it's, it's just, just crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Guys, um, Andre, two two questions real quick for if you don't. Um, Andre, two questions. First of all, would you say that you played with the best pure point guard the Baylor's ever had? And second of all, what was the biggest win when you were in school? Yeah, uh, Nelson. Uh, I'm surprised he has never been uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame for a guy to lead the nation in assists two years in a row. Um, that's big time, and I was glad he's passing it to he's passing it to me. So, <laughs> but two years in a row, 
and a floor general came in as a freshman, took the starting point guard position and ran with it. And I'm talking about he averaged like almost nine assists a game. That's that's a lot on the college level. Uh, and turnover ratio was extremely low. He didn't turn the ball over that much. But for two years in a row, he did it. And I think he's still like the current assist leader in Baylor history. Um, he had so, 17 in one game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nelson was a guy that, you know, his game improved each and every. We played against each, against each other in high school. And then for us to get a chance to play together in college, that was that was a big thing. But I would think the biggest – oh, man, the biggest win for us is – I mean, it's, it's plenty of them, but I would say the time we went down to UT, went down to UT. and they had a yes. they had a win streak on us. Like, we hadn't beat them in so many years, and, and Willis Subley hits a shot at the so, buzzer to, to end that streak. That UT team, that's like uh, Lance Blanks, right? Um, no, that was B.J. Tyler, Lance Wrencher. B.J. Tyler. Yeah, they, okay. they was pretty loaded that year. Man, Lance Blanks was in school for 11 years, so you never can really go wrong where he was. Uh, B.J. Tyler, man, that kid could play. Yeah. Um, that's Penders. Wow. Did so, we lose Terry? That was that was big. And then I would say my last game of the year, man, we played A&M. That was my final game at the Ferrell Center. And... You know, my emotions was high because we was on probation. We couldn't go on to the Southwest Conference Tournament that year. So that was my last game, period. And I just went out in the middle of the floor in my uniform, and I, I just kissed that. the floor. And, like, people gave us a standing ovation for our seniors that, you know, played our hearts out that year. So I, I, would, I would always contest that was my, you know, my greatest game, too. I never missed a game that you played in Texas in college. Oh, man, appreciate it. Oh, that's nice. Well, I mean, it really wasn't my choice, but, like, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> um, one, my, my favorite game that I remember watching y'all in, um, it was because it was the most intimidated I think I ever was. Um, when we had gone down to watch y'all play at Hoffman's, mm -hmm. and um, I guess here, and I'm trying to think who was on that team, but they were like, God, they were like pushing y'all around. We were like right down on the floor, and um, they were just like going at y'all. Was that like um, Upchurch? Was he on that team? Um, uh, Upchurch, yeah, my freshman year, Upchurch was there. Then he left. Then they had Bo Outlaw and all Bo those Outlaw. guys. Yeah, they was like, they was they was pretty loaded. Oh, man, well, um. I know you got to get to your thing, uh, but hey, Clint, we've got to come me, back and talk. Yo, what's up? Go. Let me do something. Um, you know, we we have a platform, and it's uh, it's it's uh, a responsibility of mine to make sure that you know everyone gets to speak their mind. And uh, Andre, if you want to give a couple seconds, a minute, to just to speak on something that you think uh, people need to hear, or something we could all do to uh, just just move us forward as a culture, I would love to give Man. you the floor. November, November, everybody needs to go out and vote, man. Uh, uh, we've seen it. It's been in the history books of everything that I know on my end. I've ran across brutality and things like that. Um, just it is what it is. But 
now the people are actually seeing it and I'm glad everyone has came together. I hate the some of the events, the violence and things like that, but that's what happens when frustration comes out and emotions and things like that. I just pray that everybody comes out and, and you need to vote starting in your local city, the state officials, and also for Washington, man. Change has to happen. And, and what happened to Big Floyd, and I, I know Big Floyd, he's from my hometown, I know him personally. What happened to him, I don't think it had to come to that for everyone to get the message. I mean, we've been seeing it, a lot of folks have yeah. been in denial, but you know, the steps that has been taken now, I just hope the steps that we take now, they are positive more than on the negative side. Because I got kids and y'all eventually have kids, you might have kids, I don't know, but it affects us, it affects you and, and every single thing. Hey, we are here together, it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. Yeah. Until our number is called, we gotta deal with each other each and every day. And so we gotta find some kind of way to where we look eye to eye and live this precious thing that God gave us, and that's called life. And I, he didn't put us here to deal with these things that we're dealing with. You know, that he's not an orchestrator, orchestrator of, uh, of, of frustrations. He's not an orchestrator of confusion and all the stuff that we're seeing each and every day. He, he's all about love and caring and, and, and things like that. So life experiences for all of us has to change. It will change. If we do what we're supposed to do, November, man, you got to go vote. It's plain and simple. You can't protest because it's it's trending and things like that. I always learn that pen runs the world. Go in and vote, man. Take care of business. That's Andre, we've got a. Um, no, I just wanted to make sure I, he could get that off his mind. Yeah. Man, I was gonna say, um, I'm totally gonna keep inviting you back. Um, but the next time when you have more time. I really want you to tell us the story of the charity that you started and like really got off the ground. Like, yeah. um, I mean, just some of the humanitarian work that you've done, I feel almost that, you know, what you just said comes from a lot more levels of understanding and experience than really a lot of people can even sniff. I mean, you've traveled the world, like you have interacted with people from not just other cultures, but other countries. I mean, that experience yeah. had to be invaluable to you. Yeah, I've, I've been to 59 countries, man. Oh, wow. And I always say there's no place like home. Um, we, have, uh, we have resources, but also I've been to European countries where I could say, you know, I could make this my home, you know, because the way the system is set up over there, like, let's just say my oldest daughter, she was born in Paris, France. My oldest daughter was when I was playing ball over there. The system is so great over there. They had a midwife for me. They took care of my child while I was gone to go play, you know, games and stuff like that. You know, she as soon as she came over and was born, she immediately was part of their medical system. So, I mean, and everything was covered. You know what I'm saying? Her mom was there. She was getting sick. Everything was covered. I didn't have to deal with the headache of uh, not having insurance, thing like that. Even I was covered. So, with, with that being said, you know, I. I, I had talked to somebody about this. I met a guy in Germany. Um, we was doing an appearance. And he was a uh, he was a retired uh, vet. And so, you know, we talking. He's like, yeah, he's from Chicago, but he was living in Germany. And I was like, man, what you still doing over here? He's like, man, why would I go home to a place where I sacrifice my life each and every day, put on this uniform to fight 
and fight and I can't go home and I can't get nothing. When I got it all here in the country that I'm fighting against, at that time, that's when Germany and America had the little tension. But they treat me better here than my own country I was born in. That's deep, man. Wow. That's deep. Wow. But, I mean, it's the world we live in. Um, like I say, just, just going out and a guy like myself growing up out in Houston, in, in, in um, inner city Houston, that's where I grew up at. Mom and dad went through some situations. Mom moved out of uh, the hood where I stayed at. That's where I grew up at. She moved out, just wanted to get me out of that lifestyle because I was on my way down that, that road. You know, the opportunity was there, the frustrations there, the friends, you know, everything you could think of, I saw it at a young age with no problem. Friends getting killed, friends selling drugs, man, all that stuff. I, I didn't get around it. But you know, what my mom did was she looked at the bigger picture. Let me save my son before I lose my son. And at the time, I didn't understand. But now that I look back on it, I'm glad she, she did that because I got a chance to learn different avenues of life. And it, it helped me be the person I was. And that's why when I see people, I'm all about helping out. And, and, and I tell my story like I tell kids my story. And they look at me like, nah, yeah, I had to go through all that, too. So. Just because I got a chance to play with the Globe Trials, that's what you that's the ending product. My journey alone speaks for itself. You know, I, I dealt with drugs in my family. I dealt with all anything you think of, I dealt with it. And you know, I use that as my motivation to, you know, I don't want to fall back onto that, but I mean, if I can reach out and help somebody, I'm cool. Man, one of the one of the coolest things about you, um, having known you and seen you since I mean, God, Andre, 30 years now, almost, like, um, is how you have seemingly used the tools in every stage of your life to propel your next stage, like your time with the Globetrotters, like that helped with everything you've done since then with like charity work. And I know now you're coaching again, right? Yeah, I'm coaching. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the stuff that you picked up from there and what you got from Baylor, you were able to use in the Globetrotters um, and your resiliency also, I mean, and your dedication, and I would say your loyalty probably all came from your mother and the gifts that she gave. I'm just postulating. But I mean, you've done a, a hell of a job, man. Like mm. with everything. Like I've already gushed enough about you, man. Everybody's gonna think that <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but it's 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 I appreciate it, Clint, you know, for, for those words. But I mean I mean everybody when they first picked up the basketball, their dream was to play the NBA. I'm if there's not one kid that says that, I don't believe it. Because we all had that dream of wanting to be in the NBA. That was that was our end result. Well, I ended up uh, playing with the Global Trials. And uh, y'all still there? Yes. Yeah. I ended up playing with the Global Trials. And people always ask me, Man, how does a guy like you I lost you? You still there? It just shut down. I can't hear you, Andre. 